Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Years, session number 164. Hello and welcome to the pre-med years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now, if this is your first time listening to the pre-med years, you may be surprised to know that This used to be called the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, and before that, the Medical School HQ Podcast, and maybe some other names here and there. Uh, But moving forward at 164 and beyond, we will be known as the Pre-Med Years. Now, that's because soon we'll be launching a medical student and medical school-focused podcast, a totally separate show to this one. So, This one is now the pre-med years. It fits with the information that we cover, and hopefully you like it. So if you go and look in your iTunes feed or wherever you're listening to this show, you should see some new uh, artwork in there showing the pre-med years with updated name and everything else. So today, I want to talk about uh, a question that was actually asked in our Facebook group, The Hangout. And if you're not part of The Hangout, uh, I recommend you go join. It's on Facebook. It's at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. And that'll take you directly to The Hangout in Facebook where you can just click join this group and I'll approve you uh, as quickly as I can and we'll get you in there. We have, I think, over 1,100 people in there now. Tons of great collaboration, tons of great discussion going on in there. Now, the question that came in was a question about medical ethics. And the the question says, I'm preparing for several interviews coming up in January. I was wondering if you would consider prepping a podcast on medical ethics with some sample questions and strategies uh, or suggest your favorite resources. Now, that question was asked by Jordan Olson. So, Jordan, thanks for that question, and, and we'll answer that. In, in this one, or I'll answer it in this one. So when it comes to 
the medical school interview and preparing for the interview, specifically for moral and ethical questions, what you need to understand is that 99% of the time, there is no right or wrong answer. The interviewer is trying to figure out and trying to listen to what your thought processes are when it comes to answering these questions. So when you're when you're answering a question, let's let's start with a simple one, and, and I'll give you an example. Let's start with a simple one that that it can easily come up in any interview because it's such a hot topic in in medical ethics, and that's abortion. Do you believe in abortion or do you not believe in abortion? And as a physician, would you perform abortions if if that was a part of your specialty, or would you choose not to perform an abortion? Or what situations would you perform an abortion in? So you can see from from one topic, abortion, there are many questions that can come out of it, many questions that can be asked of you. Now, for religious purposes, you may be completely against abortion. Uh, Or maybe you're not religious, or maybe you are and and you still are okay with a, a woman's right to choose what she wants to do with her body. What you need to get across to the interviewer is what your thought process is. Can you be, can, can you relate to the patient in a way that doesn't diminish what their needs are, what their desires are, but also gets across what, what you need to do personally, professionally, uh, for your own moral compass. So if, if you are completely against abortion for religious purposes or for whatever other purposes, and you're in an interview, and the interviewer asks, what are your thoughts on abortion? And you immediately, as soon as that question is asked, you, your, your, your body language changes, you, you fidget in your seat, you have this scowl on your face, and you go, abortion is completely wrong, uh, anybody that has an abortion um, should, should go to hell, I, I can't agree with it, I won't agree with it, it's completely against uh, my beliefs, and end of, end of discussion. That will likely end you up on a pile of do not admit and uh, never interview again pile. The While you may be thinking that, what you need to convey is the fact that you can understand certain situations where a woman may want to choose to have an abortion, but it's your belief that um, every life is precious and that abortion is killing a life. And so for your personal beliefs, you would have to uh, have that patient see another physician. So abortion would not be part of your practice. Although, again, I, you can understand that um, there are certain situations where it may be necessary, maybe for medical purposes uh, or in cases of sexual assault, to those types of things. If you can convey your thought process, a good thought process, to the interviewer and still say, nope, I'm not going to do an abortion, then you've won that round. You've, you've successfully 
answered that question. So when it comes to answering ethical questions, no matter what the question is, whether it's about abortion, whether it's about euthanasia, whether it's about some other ones we'll talk about in a second, it all comes back to the same framework of answering that question. It all comes back to showing respect to the patient, not being hostile towards the patient, showing a good, thorough thought process in responding to the question, and having a a firm stance on the question as well, on, on your thoughts as well. I've uh, During some of the mock interviews I've done, I've asked this question before, what's your, what are your thoughts on abortion? And I had one student who didn't really answer the question. He kind of flip-flopped. He's like, well, I can see both sides. I can see from this side. I can see from that side. So yeah, it'd be a tough choice because I can, I can see from both sides. Now, I, I saw what he was trying to do I, I saw that he was trying to be thoughtful and and show that he could think about both sides of the coin, but he didn't answer the question. And, and that's not something you want to do either. You want to answer the question because when you, when you don't answer the question in that situation, what that tells me is you don't have a stance and you can't critically think about it. And you don't, and you choose not to critically think about it. So if I'm interviewing you and you don't give me an answer, I'm worried about future you as a physician put in that situation. Are you going to have a stance or not? And, and so you, you definitely want to have a stance. Are you, are you pro-choice? Are you pro-life? Are, are you for euthanasia? Are you against euthanasia? Why or why not? Again, thought processes behind it all. And, and this is where being caught up with what's going on in the news is important because there may be ethical stuff in the news that can come up in an interview. So if you're thinking, I don't even know how many years ago now, maybe it's like 10 years ago now, the Terry Schiavo case in Florida where this uh, woman was basically in a vegetative state for a long time and there were some of her family members that, that wanted to stop the care that she was getting so that she could die with some dignity. And there were other family members that wanted to keep her alive as long as possible because they held out hope that something would get better. And so that was a very big ethical question uh, in the news. And I'm sure it was asked a lot during interviews around that time. Now, it was asked for resources for this kind of stuff. And you can Google medical ethical questions. But there's one that comes up the, that is from a specific survey from physicians. And I don't know when this survey is from. Let me see. It's from 2010. So it's 10,000 physicians answered a survey about key ethical issues that um, they have dealt with. And, and I'll go through a couple of them with you and, and talk about some of the, the things that that could come up in an interview. So the first one uh, on this slide is, would you ever recommend or give life-sustaining therapy when you judged that it was futile? And the the respondents actually answered the question too, and 37% said no, 39, almost 39 and a half people said it depends. And, and 
uh, I, I agree with the, the majority of people here that's saying it, it depends. So when you think about it, you, if you're asked this question, you need to go through, if it's asked specifically like this, you need to go through your thought processes and say, well, there could be a situation where X, there could be a situation where there's Y. You, you may come out and, and say, you know what, there, medical expenditures in this country are through the roof. The majority of care is spent uh, when patients are, are kind of in this state, when it's a, a futile, it's futile for spending money to prolong a patient's uh, care, even though we know that um, there's no chance of, of getting back the person that once was there. But let's say the interviewer throws in a little curveball and says, well, the, the, uh, this grandfather is, is dying, uh, had, a, had a stroke, is in a coma, um, is completely brain dead. He's on the machines. We're keeping him alive. Um, you have a discussion with the parents or with the son and daughter. And you, and you recommend to them that you should um, withdraw care um, and, and let the patient pass because there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing else there to do. And that's, that's what you believe. But then the parents, or the, the son and daughter come back and you say, you know what, Our, um, this patient's granddaughter is at college and, and she wants to get here to say goodbye. And it's going to take two days for her to get here. Can we keep him uh, alive until then? And so that is one of those, well, it depends. In that kind of situation, you go, you know what, for the family, for the mental health of the family, it will do more good for the granddaughter to be able to say goodbye to her grandfather, um, to, to keep him alive. Let's, we'll go ahead and do that, and then we'll withdraw care afterwards. So you need to think through a lot of these scenarios Again, give your thought processes. There is no right or wrong as long as you're covering your basis of, of being um, not being hostile to the patient and, and their wishes. You're not jumping down their throat. Um, you're kind of thinking through all sides. That's the kind of uh, framework uh, every time when you're answering these questions that's going to allow you to successfully answer the questions. So the flip side of that is, would you ever consider halting life-sustaining therapy because of family demands, even if you felt that it was premature? So that's a, a kind of the flip side, is, is you as the practitioner thinks, thinks there's some hope, but the family's saying, you know what, pull the plug. We don't want it. So it's, it's a, a big one. The placebo effect is a, a big question that could come up, is would you ever prescribe a treatment that was a placebo simply because the patient wanted some sort of treatment. Now, as a physician, and once you get to this point, you'll, you'll always want to be able to prescribe a placebo. You'll be like, I wish I could just pres- prescribe a placebo, but unfortunately, ethically, it's wrong. Um, uh, so again, think through the thought processes. Uh, are you harming the patient? That's a, another good um, thing to think about with ethical questions, as long as you're not putting the patient in harm's way. Um, that's a very uh, good one. Um, pain and uh, addiction to painkillers is a, a very big ethical question about underprescribing pain medications. Uh, if you were worried that um, the patient would become uh, 
reliant on them, addicted to them. Uh, Another good one to think about is if if a elderly patient that that you have is starting to um, have Alzheimer's or is ha- has cancer and and they're they're not going to live very long. They have a new diagnosis of cancer. They're seventy. They're eighty years old. Lived a great life. And the son or daughter comes to you and says, um, "Please don't tell them." the diagnosis it will it will kill them it will it will make them depressed they'll jump off a bridge what whatever um what would you do in that situation would you withhold telling the patient their diagnosis uh, why or why not um again same thought processes what's the good what's the bad um think through it uh, how well can you think through it? And in the end, come up with a conclusion and and let the interviewer know what that conclusion is what that conclusion is and why. Again, when you're when you're sitting there thinking about this stuff, think out loud. Um, don't don't sit there for a really long, awkward pause and and then say, "Nope, I wouldn't do that." And then that's it. You need to really think out loud, think through your thought processes. And and go through that. And if you want to say, you know what, I'm gonna let me think out loud here for a second, just to let the interviewer know that what you're doing is not really answering the question. You're just thinking out loud so that they can hear what you are thinking. Uh, again, in these situations, you may have a tendency or need to pause, uh, have a quiet pause, and and think about it for a second to to gather some thoughts before you start thinking out loud. And that's okay too. And if you want to say, you know what. Give me a second to think about that. That's fine. As long as you uh, ultimately think out loud, think through the process, um, no ridiculing the patient, think about the patient, um, and and answer the question as, as best you can. Again, so so ultimately it doesn't matter what question it is. When it comes to ethical questions, I, I know... As, as a student, I, I know when I was in this situation, I wanted to know every possible question that could be asked. And, and we're actually working on a, an interview question book, uh, an ebook to, to have for you guys so that you can see some of these questions. But ultimately, for ethical, moral questions, the framework is going to pretty much always be the same. Think through the process. Um, Think, uh, don't don't put the patient in harm's way. Um, think about the patient's wishes, uh, what they want. You need to think, uh, possibly in the grand scheme of things, with with the greater good. Um, so lots of things to think about in that situation. So I hope that answers the question. Uh, I I know we could cover a lot more questions. Uh, I'll I'll put the link to this Medscape. Um, physicians top 20 ethical dilemmas in the blog post specifically for this page which you can get at medicalschoolhq.net slash 164 and uh, we'll have uh, some more resources in there for a mock interview prep one of the biggest ones this year I did uh, probably 50 or so mock interviews with students if you're looking for some mock interview training you can go to 
medicalschoolhq.net slash mock interview and have some uh, information there about how you can sign up to do some mock interviews with me. Uh, I find mock interviews to be highly enjoyable. I love I love in the, the interaction, the, the responses, the answers, uh, and then ultimately the feedback because that's where you grow as an interviewer. Interviewing is a skill. It can be learned. It's not something that that um, is just the way you are and, and oh, too bad. Um, it's, it's a skill. So when you do mock interview training, you can learn how to answer better. You can learn how to think better during the interview and ultimately crush your, your real interview because that's obviously the goal is do well on the real interview so you can get an acceptance. Uh, when you're at that stage, when you are interviewing, you b- basically think of yourself on a level playing field with every other interviewee there. So it doesn't matter what your MCAT score is. It doesn't matter what your GPA score is. It doesn't matter what extracurricular activities you have. Right then and there, when you're interviewing, you're interviewing for an acceptance or a rejection. So how well you perform on your interview day will determine if you get in or if you don't. Don't, don't worry about your grades. Don't worry about your GPA score. Don't think those things will make up for a poor interview. They will not. So... I hope that answered some of your questions. Uh, I know the interview process is very stressful. And so if you need some help on that, go check out medicalschoolhq.net slash mock interview. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be able to help you gain the confidence that you need to, to crush your interview. If you're looking for some more great content similar to the pre-med years, go check out mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D media.com for more of the shows that the medical school headquarters produces. Now, as I'm recording this right now, it's the pre-med years and old pre-meds podcast. If you haven't checked that one out, go to opmpodcast.com. The, the, there will be more shows in the future. Um, we're looking at doing a video show as well. Uh, for YouTube and for Facebook video. So there's lots of stuff coming, and I hope that each of them will help guide you on your journey. I hope you have a wonderful week, and as always, I hope you join us next week here at the Pre-Med Years.